How's it going? What's happening? What up, Hume Lake? We good? You could have been anywhere, but you're here this week. Yeah. Hey, I don't know you, you don't know me, but from what I understand, we've got a large group of people here from Atascadero. Hello, hi. Uh, Kern County, Tehachapi, like kind of all that, yeah, yep. Um, let me think, uh, Laguna Niguel, Coast Hills, yeah. Hey, I got family at your church, so we're like family, yeah, yeah, that's good. And then, uh, I'm not saying that, I'm just kidding, Morgan Hill! Yeah. Instant regret. Okay, uh, who did I miss? Who did I miss? Hi. Hello. Hey. I won't. I don't know. I won't. Eat. I don't know, guys. I don't know. Like I said, my name's Corey, and I have the ultimate privilege of walking you through a journey this week. Okay, the journey we're gonna go on, regardless of where you come from, of what you believe, right? Like in a group this size. There's some of you who probably like live at church. You're there for everything. Anyone like that? Yeah? My favorite thing about people who have grown up at church is there's always like an old lady who's like, you know, I used to change your diaper when you were a baby. And you're like, never say that to me again. Or I'm going to change your diaper, old lady. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> too far? I mostly teach college kids and adults. My apologies. Okay, uh, uh, let's think. And if you've mostly grown up in church, that means you've eaten like food prepared by a stranger, like at the potluck. You don't know who made it, but you're like, this tastes so good. You're like, is it there? The jello pretzel salad or whatever? Yeah. And then some of you, like the other, there may be a portion of us here who your friend invited you. Church is not your background. Your parents don't do it, or maybe they do, but they've kind of let you sort of decide for yourself. That's the spectrum of people that are here in this room this week. Not to mention the amazing counselors, youth pastors, and staff that work here at Hume. Collectively, for all of us, what we're going to do here in chapel is we're going to be looking at the truth of who God is, the truth of who we are, and why this book, this library of writings about God is trustworthy. We're going to land our time this week looking at the truth of how much Jesus loves you and what life looks like after you've experienced resurrection yourself. That's my goal for you. But before, I want to show you a cute picture of my family. Is that okay? All right, cool. Check it out. So this is my son. Uh, it's coming. It's coming. Wait for it. Oh. I thought my family turned into buildings. Uh, okay, so that's my family. That's me, the tall guy that looks like, uh, looks like Bigfoot from Harry and the Hendersons. Anybody? Yeah? Okay. Junior high. You don't know what I said. I was for your counselors. Don't lie to me. Okay. And then uh, if you look to my, uh, uh, my left, that's my wife. She's quickly becoming the shortest person in the family. But get this. I've been married 14 years. Yeah. 14 years. All right. We're just gonna we're just gonna take a trip around the sun here. So right under my wife, that's my boy Max. He's nine. He's incredible. He'll he'll actually 
He'll actually beat most of you at Gaga Ball at some point this week, okay? Oh, okay, dude, okay. Yeah, be quiet, all right? Call me when you can grow a mustache. Okay, here we go. Uh, and then the one, the one next to him, that's my youngest daughter, Maylee. She's adorable. She's cute. She has an incredible story. In fact, four years ago next month, after three years of being in foster care, my family had the chance to adopt her. So that's her story. Uh, incredible. I'll tell you more about that. Okay. Then... Next to her is my daughter, Marley, and she is in sixth grade now. Any sixth graders in here, yeah? Perfect. And I'll tell you this, I'll say this, bring in your, bring in your like newly minted middle school daughter to middle school camp is terrifying. So I have my eye on all of you guys that are here, okay? Make no mistake about it. Next to her is my son, Mason. He's 13. He likes to play basketball. He's awesome. So that's my family. Yeah, he's also in the back. Is he? Hi, Mason. You, dude, stand up. Come on, don't be embarrassed. Whoa, okay. All right. So who's got a Bible? You got a Bible? If you have a Bible, open up to John chapter 1. Now, here's one caveat, okay? One caveat for our time together. I like to have fun. I like to talk loud. I like to have a lot of passion when I talk about things I believe in, but it will be impossible for me to do that if you can't control yourself, okay? So if someone next to you is talking, elbow them in the ribs, all right? Okay, perfect. Now, the second thing I want you to do, hold on, hey. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to look here at me because I'm gonna make you a promise, okay? I'm gonna make you a promise. I've got six sermons that I've written to help you better understand who God is. And you may be thinking, hey, Corey, I already love God. Awesome. We're going to grow in our love and our knowledge and understanding of who God is. All right? I've got six of those. And I promise every single time I step up here on this stage that I will honor your time through being prepared and through teaching you thoroughly what's in God's word. And all that I ask for in return is that you honor my time as well. Because it will be really difficult to do this if you don't follow along and can't pay attention, okay? So is that a deal? I'll honor you, you honor me. We cool with that? All right. Apart from that, you see me around camp, you say hi, we can hang out. You got questions, we'd love to answer them. John chapter 1. Here we go. John chapter 1. It goes like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Pray with me one last time. Lord Jesus, thank you for every single man and woman and girl and boy that's in this room, no matter where we are. If we're here as a camper, if we're here as a counselor, if we're here because this is our job and, and we've been looking at this date and recruiting people to come on this trip for a year, maybe you just were walking by and heard some hooting and hollering and dogs barking and you wanted to come in, whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that we would know you more, understand you better, and have a desire to share that love that you have for us with others as a result of opening up your Bible and learning about you this week.
We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 So like I said, the entire goal of my time with you this week is to help you understand God better, okay? And so here's the question I want to start with. I'm going to ask a question. You're going to take one minute, and you're going to turn to someone to either your left or your right, and you are going to answer this question, okay? Here's the question I want to start this week with. Who is the person in your life that you trust more than anybody? Okay? Answer that question now. Who's someone in your life that you trust more than anybody? Who is someone in your life that you trust more than anyone? Okay? <laughs> That's convenient. I like that. <laughs> All right, you got 20 more seconds. 20 more seconds. All right, time. Back up here, back up here. Okay, uh, I'm a little scared to do this because there's a lot of energy in this room. But raise your hand if there's someone you trust. Yeah, all right, first hand in the back. What's your name? What is your name? Is your name my dad? What's your name? Your name is Chris, and the person, sorry, I'm already hard of hearing. Okay, Grace, and you trust, did you say your dad? And why? Because he's there. I like that. Okay, over here, Braids? Yep. Hi, Ava. And who do you trust more than anybody? Okay, and why? Aw. You know what? We all trust your mom now, too. That's great. Uh, uh. Yeah, uh, with the with the hood. Yep, right. I'm looking. Yep, you. Yep. Okay, hold on, hold on. What's your name? Sam. And who do you trust more than anybody? Your mom and your dad. And why? Perfect. I love that. Okay, right here, green shirt. You trust Jesus, and why? Because he knows you and he made you. I'm gonna do two more. We're gonna go right here. Pause. Hang on. Hang on. Shh. You won't be able to hear. You won't be able to hear. All your okay. I like that. Even his cousin. Okay. Well, we got to come over here. Yep. Right there. Hold on. Hold on. Real loud. Trust your grandpa. Okay. Here's the deal. All right. Here's here's the situation we have. So many of you, hands down. I you come tell me. Just not right now. Okay. But here's the deal. We all in our life, hopefully, have somebody that we trust, okay? We all in our lives have people that we trust. For me, I trust my wife more than anybody. Some of you said your parents, your grandparents, your friends, family, yourself. Scary, but I like it, okay? We trust people in this world. Now, I want you to envision for a second a scenario where, where you say, this is my dad and I trust him, and someone comes up to you and they go, well, I don't trust him. And you're like, oh, excuse me, this is my dad. And they go, sorry, I don't trust him. I don't even know who he is. I don't even know his name. I just know that you told me that's your dad. I don't trust him. Now, someone not trusting someone that you love, someone not trusting someone that you trust more than anybody doesn't make them not trustworthy. It just means they simply don't know that person. And here's the scenario that we're going to tackle this week. We live in a world where belief in God, 
where trusting God with your life is incredibly unpopular. And the reason that most of our culture and most of our world struggles to trust in God is because they don't know him. In fact, we've arrived at a place as a culture, you as middle school students have arrived at a place as a culture. This is increasingly more difficult for you than it is for me or any other adult in this room where people naturally don't trust religion. And what has replaced religion is this concept of my truth. Well, here's what I believe. And then someone would say, well, here's what I believe. And then some would say, well, you're both wrong because this is what I believe. And what we've done is we've removed the fact that we can know. The fact that we can understand. The fact that we can trust. And we've replaced it with experience. And so you may have had a bad experience with someone that someone else trusts. And instead of accepting the fact that that experience is just that, we've replaced it with truth. And so what the Gospel of John is going to do, we're going to jump into it right now, is it's going to tell us a firsthand experience that someone had with Jesus as he walked the earth. And what John's going to do is he's going to lay out essential doctrines throughout his book so that you as the reader can trust in Jesus the way that he does and the way that he did. So look at how this passage starts. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Man, what a compelling way to start a writing or a teaching. In the beginning was what? Before anything else ever existed, in all of time, in all of creation, in all of our reality, in all of what you and I can see, feel, smell, touch, and experience, before any of that, John says was what? John says before all of that was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, the first thing you have to know as we open up the Bible together this week is that this book was written in a lot of different languages a long time ago. And so some faithful men and women have have translated these verses into English so that we can understand them, but sometimes things get lost in translation. And so as John writes this concept of in the beginning was the word, what you need to know as the reader is that word, word, is a Greek word called logos. Say that with me, logos. Perfect. You're all bilingual. Put it on your resume, okay? You now know Greek. Now, this word logos, when used in the way that John is using it, refers to Jesus. Yeah, now, Sunday school answer, but it would have been the right answer there. So when John says, in the beginning was the word, what he's saying is, hey, in the beginning was Jesus. Before anything else existed was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Does that verse sound a little similar to something else you may have heard in church? Sounds kind of like Genesis 1, doesn't it? You see, if you were to go all the way back to the beginning of your Bible and look at Genesis chapter 1, you would see an identical statement, in the beginning, God. What John wants us to understand as we kick off our time together this week is that Jesus is someone who is not an afterthought. 
Jesus is someone who wasn't a, a like next step or an exit strategy for God. Jesus quite literally was God. In fact, Jesus was God so much so that at the beginning of time, as God is breathing out stars and speaking reality into existence and building mankind out of the dust of the earth and breathing life into them, Jesus was present for all of that. Think for a second about the fact that what I'm telling you is that all of this had a creator. Everything in this world has a beginning point except the person who made it. Right? It would be like walking into this chapel and just assuming that this amazing set and these awesome clouds that my son kept saying, I want these in my room. I was like, dude, I think I do too. Those are awesome. Like imagine if you just assumed for a second that this all just appeared one day. No. Imagine for a second if all of this just happened to, to show up. Like Harrison just walks into this chapel and he's like, wow, that saved me about 10 stressful weeks. It's just done. This is perfect. No one in their right mind would believe that. The, the position that John takes as we kick off our time together this week is quite literally the same way. He's saying, hey, no one would assume that reality just started. Like it has a beginning point. And that beginning point is God. And God exists in three different people. Three distinctly different people. God exists through what we would call God the Father, God exists through his son Jesus, and God exists through what we would call the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God quite literally says, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. Creation itself happens within the context of a God who exists within three separate and distinct persons, but who act as one. Now, if that goes over your head, or if it's a little confusing, ask your counselor, okay? All right, here we go. We're moving on. So, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God. John 1-1, in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. The first thing I want you to take note of, to remember, to write down, to know that at some point this week you're going to talk to your counselor about this. The very first evidence that we have for God's trustworthiness is the fact that God is the creator and the maker of everything. God is the creator and the maker of everything. I can trust God because he made this. And I can trust God because he made me. I think about it in the lens of a father because I have four children. Like I remember being there when my kids were born. I remember being there as they entered into this world. Vivid, very vivid memories of holding my little daughter for the first time, of holding my son like, like Mufasa on Pride Rock with Simba and Rafiki. Ha, Zemania, right? Like I had that moment with my kids. I was there. I was there for it. In that same way, God has always existed throughout the entirety of your life. There are passages in scripture that say, before you were even knit together in your mother's womb, he knew you. First point for tonight. We can begin to trust God because he is the creator. Okay, right? Verse two. Verse two, he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made, and without him, nothing was made that has been made. 
The second thing I want to hit you with as we kick off camp is that this, this passage in Scripture is telling us that Jesus was God. Jesus was God, which means in today's terms, Jesus is God. And so you're going to hear us talk all week, sing songs to, memorize verses about, have a moment to put your faith, hope, and trust in him for the rest of your days. We're not talking about God's sidekick like Robin, right? We're not talking about God's like best buddy. No, no. What we're talking about is the fact that Jesus is quite literally God. There's this epic passage in the book of Colossians. You don't have to turn here. I'm going to actually turn here and read it to you. But look at what, look at what Paul, the author of Colossians, says about Jesus. Ready? It says that the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and through him, Reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth, things in heaven, making peace through his blood shed on a cross. What we know to be true about Jesus, because Jesus himself, all throughout the book of John, claims this to be his identity, is that Jesus is God. Jesus is quite literally God. I think sometimes when we think about God and when we think about Jesus, we, we kind of have a misunderstood perception of who he is. Do you guys know what sea monkeys are? Yeah? yeah? So like not, total 90s kid, all right? So in the 90s, there were magazines, and in the magazine, you could cut out a coupon, and you could write your address, and your mom would give you a check for like five bucks. This sounds so shady nowadays, by the way. Uh, and you would mail it off, and then someone would mail you sea monkeys. Any counselors, youth pastors? You guys down with the sea monkeys? Okay, so I got these sea monkeys, and I would keep them in my bathroom sink next to where my toothbrush was. Don't think that. It's not going that way. And what I would love to do, because the sea monkey tank had like a little magnifying glass on it, is like you pour the sea monkeys in, which all a sea monkey is is like a tiny shrimp, like what whales eat. It's like a krill. And it would have this little magnifying glass. And so I was brushing my teeth. I would sit there, and I would look at them, and I would go, wow. And I had names for all of them. They were all, they were all named Bob. Like every one of them. Yeah. I was very creative as a child. And so I would sit there with these sea monkeys, okay? And I would watch them. And I would put the little powder in there for them to eat. And I had a little water as their water evaporated. And then one day I went on vacation for like two weeks. It was a great vacation, by the way. Thank you for asking. And I come home from vacation and guess what happened? I don't know because there were no more sea monkeys. Uh, what I assume happened was, like, maybe there was, like, a sea monkey uprising, right? And then maybe, like, sickness broke out, and so, like, half the sea monkeys were really scared about it. The other half maybe died, and then next thing you know, there's, like, a sea monkey ruler lording over all the other sea monkeys, yet another civil war. Whatever happened from when I left to when I came home, all I know is they were all dead. One of, one of 
the most prevalent views of God today is that God has done that with the earth. Like one of the most prevalent views that people, and some of you may hold to this view, that people believe to be true about God is that, sure, I'll accept the fact that he made everything, but what I'm not going to accept is that he's still in control and that he's still in charge and that he even really has anything to do with it at all. And the reason we get to that point of view is because we see the pain in the world, we see the evil in the world, we see the hurt and the hatred in the world, and we go, how could God even be in all of this? One of the things that I want to help you understand this week is that God not only created us, Jesus is not only God, but Jesus through his love and through his kindness and through his care and through his passion for you has not left us to our own demise. In fact, it's the opposite. Jesus has continually been drawing people to himself from the beginning of time. Why? Because Jesus is God. And, and, and we know that Jesus is God because Jesus himself said he was God. It's what got him killed eventually. And we know that there's a God because life as we know it exists. And so not only is Jesus God, but we know that there is a God. And we know that we can somehow, way, trust him because where does all of this order come from? First point, Jesus is, sorry, first point, God is the creator of all things. Therefore, he is trustworthy. Second point, Jesus is God. Third point, let's learn a little bit about this God. There's one verse in the book of 1 John chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 8, that tells us, everything you need to know about God. And the verse says this, God is love. God is love. At his core, at his being, at the very center of who God is, which again, if we're going to talk about God, we have to now include Jesus, we include the Holy Spirit, we include all of the Christian faith when we talk about God, all of our understanding about the world, all of our understanding about why things are the way they are, all of our understanding about eternity and the afterlife, okay, boils down to this simple fact. God is love. God is love. That is some of the most peaceful and incredible news you could hear in a world like we have today. I say that because the world today doesn't feel very loving. The world today feels cold and scary and dark at times. The world today feels tumultuous and there's wars and there's protests and there's civil unrest. The, the world doesn't feel loving, but in a world that doesn't feel loving, what if this week you began to understand the love of God in a way that allowed you to put your trust into it? What if in a world that is scary, what if in a world and whatever home life looks like for you, like 500 people is a lot of people, some of you coming to camp this week probably left a situation at home that was maybe not kind. Maybe it was hard. Maybe it was toxic. Maybe it was hurtful. Maybe it was sad. Maybe it was awesome. Maybe it was incredible. Maybe it was amazing. In any case, this week we get a chance to look at a God who made everything. And through that God, we have an opportunity to know him because of his son Jesus. And as a result of that, we get to experience his love in ways that we never have. Friend, I, I want you to know this, that talking about God, talking about theological concepts, singing worship songs, do I raise my hands, do I not? A quiet time, is that nap time? Maybe I'm not the best reader, what do I do? All of this can feel very confusing, and if we're not careful, we'll put pressure onto our shoulders. Let's just cut all that out. And at the beginning of camp, the last thing I want to tell you is this. 
God loves you so much. He loves you so much so that he's invited you for an all-inclusive vacation. You ain't got to pay for meals. There's activities that are free. You're with all the homies. You got counselors and youth pastors who are fun and love you. And here's what you get to know this week. You get to wrestle with the fact that God loves you, that he's drawing you to himself, that he wants to show you a new way of life, a way that is marked by his Love, and you may be sitting there going, I don't know him, so how can I trust him? That's a completely fair and logical thing to say. In fact, my first year in college, I remember I walked into the cafeteria where they were doing like an orientation. I walked in, and all I knew was my, my roommate's name. My roommate's name was Dallas DeWitt. He used to work here. And I remember I, I thought to myself, with a name like that, this guy cannot be cool. Like, Dallas DeWitt? Who's even named that? Like, like, is that like a state? Like, did this guy name himself when he turned 18? Like, is this, who is this guy? And then I saw him, and I was like, yeah, no way, Jose, is this guy cool. Like, he had on, like, a blue polo shirt. This is, like, very 2005, and his collar was up, and his hair was long, and I was like, no, I don't hang out with people like that. But guess what? Orientation's done. Dinner's done. It's, like, time to go to your room and meet your roommate, and I go in. And I'm already kind of a little standoffish because I'm like, Dallas DeWitt, like, who is this guy? And I go in, and I sit at the, the chair at the desk in my room. He sits at his, and within five minutes, we hit it off. Best man at my wedding. Just spent the last week at my house. His kids call me uncle. My kids call him uncle. Like, literally the closest thing I have to a brother on this side of heaven is him. But the relationship started with me arms crossed going, what I know about you and it's not very much makes me think there's no way we're going to get along. Maybe you're starting camp with that same posture, with that same mindset this week. Let me just put you at ease. God is the creator of all things. You can trust him because he made you. We're going to talk a lot about his son, Jesus. Jesus is quite literally God, and as we'll see throughout this week, he claims to be so. This isn't a title that we put on him. This is his own identity. As he introduced himself to people, he would call himself, I am, a name of God in the Old Testament. And lastly, this God, he loves you. In fact, the Bible says that he is love. This is the truth about who God is. And if you press into that and you begin to ask questions and you begin to invite a little space into your heart and your mind to understand these things, I promise you, God will continue to reveal himself to you all week. Sound good? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for a week at camp. We thank you for a chance to learn about you, to know you better, and to grow in our relationship with you. Father, I pray for every single person in this room. There's a lot of us. I pray that you would meet us this week, that the spirit of truth that the gospel of John talks all about would begin to permeate all of our hearts and minds, regardless of where we sit. Would you help us to know you, to love you, and to experience you in incredible ways as we unpack the truth of who you are as we read in scripture this week. Thank you for camp. We love you so much. Amen.